Jen praying and crying and all that stuff for our missionaries. Um, I love that this church has had a heart for missions since before I was ever at this church 30 plus years ago. Um, and I just wanna encourage you, everything that you guys give, over 10%, we tithe as a church to our missionaries. So when you hear these testimonies of what um, our missionaries are doing around the world of how they're spreading the gospel, people are getting rescued off the streets, you are actually participating in that. It's actually your, it's a fruit of your sowing into this church and sowing into our missionaries. So I just wanna encourage you in that way, um, that that's what's going on. And I know many of you in the room, and I'm just get, saying this as an opportunity for others, many of you in the room actually give specific to missionaries, that you give your tithe and offering to this church. And then there's people that we read on Sunday mornings, like say the Durkins, that you feel compelled, I'd like to give to them specifically. You can do that. I just wanna make sure that you're aware of that in the pews in front of you, there's envelopes to give. And if you mark that and say, hey, I'd like for this money to go to the Durkins, to go towards their building project. You can always do this. I don't wanna make this announcement every Sunday. I just wanna make sure you're aware of that. Anytime you're here during a service, there's that opportunity for you to give, to sow seed into something that God's tugging on your heart. So I just wanna make sure you're aware of that. Not compelling you or forcing you to do that, but just making the opportunity known. Um, and then also just that same idea that we no longer pass bags around right after or during announcements. We just have a pillar here. And if you wanna give, um, you can do that during worship, you can do it before service, after service, you can give online. There's lots of ways to give. And I just wanna make sure you're aware of all those things. And then one last announcement, as I'm saying, throwing those in there. And the pew in front of you is actually a connect card or a prayer card as well. And um, if you haven't noticed, um, we're trying to start a new um, greeting team that welcomes people as they come in, whether they're new or like y'all, some of you have been here for a long time, just to have a smiling face and greeting you. And I just wanna encourage you, we'll never force you to sign up for something or steal your email from you or make you become a member of our church. But I just wanna give you the invitation. If you ever visit this church or maybe you're visiting today, we would love to get to know you. We would love to pray with you or pray over a situation that you have going on in your life. And so it's just an opportunity. If you fill out that card, um, we can either put your prayer request on our prayer chain so the whole church body can be praying for it. Or if you want someone to call you, someone in leadership will actually either visit you in your home or give you a phone call. And we just want you to know that we care about you, that we see you. And that's actually a way that you can let us know who you are and what you need. So just throwing that out there is opportunities for you to always throw connect cards. In fact, one last thing, I'll move on. Maybe some of you have visited here starting five months ago and you never filled out that card. I will never force you to do it, but I encourage you, even if you've been coming here for a while, it's not your first time visit, maybe we don't know who you are. Just fill it out so we can get to know you. That's all my, my heart is that you know that you're seen, that you are valued, that we love you. So I'll stop saying that, but I just wanna make sure you're aware of those things. So, ah, good stuff. So last Sunday was a holiday. Does anyone remember what holiday was last Sunday? Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday and Memorial Day, it was all that in the same weekend, right? Um, so Pat, Pentecost Sunday, we talked about the Holy Spirit. Um, it was so good because Holy Spirit interrupted my sermon, my 30 slide and all my notes. Um, Holy Spirit showed up, which is much better than you just hearing me talk. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit showed up during worship. And I just wanna give you um, feedback of testimonies without highlighting specific people or embarrassing anybody, but there were people that spoke in tongues for the very first time. There were people that were slaying the spirit for the first time. Slaying the spirit, I wanna do a whole teaching, but it means they were so overcome and so encountered the presence of God that they just physically fell over and they enjoyed the presence of God while they're laying on the ground. Uh, could do a lot of teaching on that, but I'll just explain that. Um, so if you don't know what it means, maybe sometime experience it and then you'll understand you'll come afterwards. That was last Sunday's message in a nutshell. Um, but people did that. There were people that confessed sins that they'd never confessed before and they were set free. Um, there were people that um, marriages were healed. There was, I mean, I can keep going down the list. There was 
God was moving. And I just want you to know that uh, sometimes we just move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing without hearing that God is on the move and he's doing great things in this church, in people's individual lives. And I just want to make sure you're aware of that because um, there's power in testimony. There's some of you in this room that maybe you're not going through such a great time and you're, you're struggling. Hearing a testimony that God is moving in someone else's life, it should not make you angry. It should create a holy jealousy that you're like, God, if you did it for them, you could do it for me. Right, and that there's there's an increase of faith for something that maybe you're not having in the current moment, and so that's I just want to increase our testimonies, increase the goodness of God in this place, and so I, as a continuation, I wouldn't say this is a a caveat or this is a, a let me make sure I give a balanced message. That is nowhere at all what I'm trying to do this Sunday. My goal is to move us forward, to build on top of what we just had this last Sunday. Um, I talked about how I in my own life, and I can read scripture like Paul, and I can go through a zillion examples that so many times people have a understanding of who God is, but once they have an encounter or an experience or a revelation of who God is, that understanding becomes so much greater. They'd be able to read scripture and say, oh, this is that. And there needs to be a revelation. There needs to be like kind of a, a, a pulling of the veil, a seeing of who God really is. Um, what came to my mind is the Wizard of Oz, right? Where the, the curtain is pulled back and they can see who, who really Oz really is, right? That wizard really is. And that's, in the movie, it's kind of like anticlimactic. With God, it's the opposite. It's God wants to, he removes the veil, right? When Jesus died on the cross, he ripped the veil from top to bottom, right? And the Holy Spirit is available and you can actually encounter and experience the presence of God. It's not tucked away in the Holy of Holies for one man on one day to experience. It's for all flesh. In the last days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh, meaning everyone has an opportunity to encounter the presence of God. And in that encounter, that's why I'm believing that we will have a greater understanding, a greater revelation of things. And so that's why I'm using that as a springboard for this morning. I want to talk to you about wisdom. And this isn't like I'm trying to give a balance, like we need to be Pentecostal and spirit-filled, but Maybe not too Pentecostal, maybe not too spirit-filled. We also need to have wisdom. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, let's get more Pentecostal, but let's add to that wisdom. Let's add to it understanding God's word. Because we had an encounter and experience with God, now let's understand what God is saying. Right? There are things that are only spiritually discerned. This is a spiritual book. So I've got to have a spiritual relationship to understand the wisdom of God. But that means I need to apply it. That means I need to walk in it. Um, this is kind of all my caveats before I'm getting to the message. I feel like Holy Spirit wants to make sure that we are all healthily walking in our relationship with God. I need an encounter. I need a moment in my life where I am confronted with my sin and I am forgiven. Nick led us in time of communion. I need that moment where my sin is erased and I become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I need that real experience to happen. But now I need to walk it out. Now I need to walk out what does it look like to live as a Christian, to actually apply these truths on an ongoing basis. Um, I love that Pastor Nick talked about friendship. Um, I, I gave a testimony during early morning prayer, um, just showing you that, man, if the enemy attacks you, he attacks me too. I woke up this morning, the very first thought, I wish I could say as a pastor, the first thought this morning was, Oh, I love you, Jesus. You're so good. My life is so great. And I had this great worship time with God. I'm being honest with you. My alarm went off. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's time to get up already. Turn the alarm off. As my feet hit the ground, and I was walking to the bathroom. First thought that came to my mind was, you're not prepared. You're not ready to be a pastor today. 
Are you sure you know what you're doing? All this self-doubt and all these, that was the first thing that came to my mind. And, and I, I didn't, I'm just being honest with you. Seconds went by. Thank God it wasn't like half an hour or hours or I'm still struggling with it. But it went by where I was like entertaining. As I'm in the bathroom, as I'm starting to get ready, I'm like, oh, that's true. Oh, I started partnering with these thoughts. And all of a sudden, I didn't realize it. But this song, I didn't sing it out loud because my whole house is sleeping, but this song came up in my mind and I, I caught myself singing this in my own head. I am a friend of God, he calls me friend. And I was like, all of a sudden I said, like, where's that song come from? I haven't heard that song in a long time. Like I started, in my head, I'm like, where did that song come from? And it was almost like the Holy Spirit slapped me upside the back of the head. From me! Like Holy Spirit is telling you, you're a friend of God. And I was like, Oh, right, wait a second, those other thoughts? That wasn't God. Those aren't the thoughts he thinks towards me. Wait a second. And then I started, I, quietly, I started whispering that song to myself, right? Didn't want to wake up the whole house. But I'm a friend of God, and it came to a point where I had to, like, put my foot down. Like, wait a second, he calls me friend. It's not because I earned it. It's not because I'm so worthy, I'm so great. Ryan's the great pastor. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, wait a second, he calls me his friend. And that's what he thinks about me. That's what he says about me. So I'm going to repeat what he says, not whatever the enemy is bringing to my mind. So does that make sense? This is walking out wisdom. It's not just one time in Sunday morning, oh, I had an encounter with God. Great. How do we walk this out in our daily, practical, everyday life? And I, and I just, for me, I don't know that I have all the answers, but I know for me, I, I've shared with you, I love Proverbs. It might be, I don't know if I'm, it probably is the book, Romans and Proverbs are the two books I've probably read more than any other book of the Bible. Oh, John is in there too. I don't know. But it's in there, right? Proverbs is right up there. I read it so much as a kid. Like I just read it every day of my life for years. And, and there was days where I read it, the whole book, in, you know, in one sitting. And I just, I, there's so much more to learn. But I, can I just be honest and transparent with you? I, I got to go away with my family this week, um, and I didn't have as much time to prepare for my sermon. That's why I woke up this morning. Oh, I didn't prepare, right? And, but I love the Holy Spirit saying, but you're a friend. But Ryan, you did spend time. You did spend some time. And wait a second. You spent a lifetime of reading Proverbs. Proverbs 3, chapter 3, that, that's my favorite chapter. I've got it in the foyer. I, I can quote it to you forwards and backwards. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I'm actually, I'm not going to teach on those two verses because I hope my life preaches those verses more than me just with words on a pulpit. But I want to look at Proverbs chapter 3. Let's just actually open up our scriptures. I'm going to have, actually, I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. So we're going to have it on the slides up, in front, up here because you probably don't have that Bible in front of you. Um, you can open it up in New King James or whatever you want so you can kind of compare them. Um, I love comparing translations. Um, but I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. So Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and we're going to read 10 verses. So let's, let's do it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you. Then you will have a full, rewarding life. Hold on to loyal love and don't let go. And be faithful to all that you've been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written upon your heart. That's how you will find favor and understanding with both God and men. You will gain the reputation of living life well. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate friends with him in whatever you do. 
and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you admire him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with all your first fruits, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Amen. I'll stop there. There is so much, I'm telling you, if you let me talk, I could talk for the next 10 hours over these 10 verses. It's so packed with words of truth, with words of life. And I, man, let's just do it. Let's just go, let's go back, verse one. I'm gonna do my best to try to hit at least something from each, each verse. Um, I'll have to do my best to not stay too long in a verse. Um, but verse one, it says, my child, if you truly want, want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things I've taught you. I love that it's not just this long life. If you, I don't wanna live to be 200 years old and the last hundreds of years of my life is miserable and I'm hooked up to feeding tubes and I, my life stinks. I don't want that. But I wanna live a long life that's satisfying, that's enjoyable, that's fulfilling, that's rewarding, that it is actually bringing life to other people. That's what I want to live. But I love that he starts off by saying, my child, I don't care if you're the oldest person in the room, you need to hear that you are a child of God. And you need to see yourself as a child that needs to be instructed. Yes, a child that needs to be loved on, but you need to heed the words of instruction. And I, I was just thinking about this verse. There's things that I've been following the Lord for almost 40 years, but there's times where the Holy Spirit has to remind me, Ryan, let's go back to the basics here. In this situation, you're all caught up and you're all flustered, and you're all worked up. Let's just simplify it and bring it all the way back to the very basics. What did you learn when you were five years old? What did you learn about who God is? Sometimes I'm so trying to understand these big things and Holy Spirit just says, become like a child again, Ryan. Get back to these things where it says, if you want this, don't forget the former things. Don't forget the easy things, right? I was thinking about how in the Old Testament, I think there's, someone can correct me, I forget the exact number, but it's something like 630 something laws, commandments in the Old Testament. And then the Pharisees, they add another 1,500 rules on top of that. So when Jesus was walking the earth, man, there was all these rules and stipulations of what you could and couldn't do. And they were trying to figure out how to walk in wisdom, how to walk a holy life, how to do things correctly, how to do, honor God and everything. And the heart's desire probably started off right. I wanna know exactly what God wants me to do. But at some point, it becomes overwhelming and burdening. Like, oh, what do I need to do right now? And just bring it back to the simple thing. And I love when... A, a lawyer in the law came to Jesus and said, all right, what's the most important, right? And Jesus said, well, I can just sum it all up for you. Two commandments, right? Love God, love others. Make it simple. And sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes I'm in the middle of a situation and this person is clearly in the wrong. Like they are 99.9999999999999% wrong, right? Like they are very wrong. And I can prove it to you. But God just says, Ryan, remember I gave you not only in the Old Testament, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, Ryan. What's the new commandment that Jesus says? 
just as I loved you, as Christ loved you, so you should love others. Oh, so it's not just being nice to people. It says, Jesus said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While someone is 99.9999% wrong, I'm to give my life to them for them. I'm to lay down everything and treat them better than myself. Wow. That's not easy. But it is simple. Not easy, but it's simple. And there's things about God's word that this wisdom, sometimes it's just getting back to the basics. I could keep talking about this, living a rewarding life. That's verse two, right? Follow closely every truth I've given you, then you have a full rewarding life. That's like every truth, like every single command. Of, I have to memorize all of God's word. Sometimes it's just like, no, it is everything, but everything hangs on those two commandments. There's tons of ways to do it. There's tons of ways to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And God's word makes it clear. There's things that we can do and it, it gives us instructions how to do that. But don't get so tripped up on, man, I don't know all of God's word. You know how to love somebody. Everybody knows how to love somebody. My kids, they know how to love somebody. It doesn't matter what age they are. They understand what it is to be loving and kind, to be rude and to be selfish. And that's what I want to learn how to walk. And I want all the laws. It's not like I just want to have those two rules. I actually have a hunger to know all those rules because I want to walk in wisdom. I want to know the way of wisdom. I want to know how to love God in every way possible. I want to know how to love other people in a way that makes them feel loved, not just in a way that's fulfilling the commandment, right? That's why I love God's word. It's not this bearing, overbearing thing that I have to come under, that I have to submit to, that's so much work and I, I don't, it's all these do's and don'ts. It transforms from do's and don'ts to this desire that I'm like, oh, it's wisdom. It shows me how to do what I really want to do. All right, that's verse one and two. Verse three, hold on to loyal love and don't let go and be faithful to all that you've been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written on your heart. I love how sometimes translations they make them longer and it's more fluffy and it gives a different perspective. But sometimes I just love my new King James. And it just says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. That word mercy in the Hebrew is chesed, which is love, which is compassion, which is mercy, which is grace. And I love this truth, this principle. It says in John chapter one that when Jesus came, when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, it said he was full of grace and truth. He was full of both. You know, as I was praying over this morning's service and praying over some of us individually. I got this visual that some of us have fallen off the horse. Like we were on top of the horse, life was going well, something came and we fell off the horse. And I also got this picture that maybe some of us aren't completely off the horse, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a cowboy. I'm not a, I don't own horses. I don't know. I've ridden horses a couple of times, but I know there's stirrups you put your feet in, right? The saddle. And I, I got the picture that some of you, you're leaning and like you're about to fall off, right? That's not a healthy place to be. And there's something about, I, I love, I read Martin Luther made this, this comment. He said, the enemy doesn't care which side of the horse you fall off on, as long as you fall off. And there's something about when God's word says, you should bind mercy and truth around your neck. There's something about you should be fully balanced. Your foot should be in a stirrup of grace 
and in a stirrup of truth. And you live your life where you are firmly, securely balanced on both. You know how to put weight on both of those. Man, I am, I'm a man of truth. I make, I make my decisions based off the truth of God's word. But I also have grace. And I don't treat people where I just slap them with truth. I speak the truth in love. I don't want to get deviated, but I felt like I'm supposed to share this. I don't often preach on what's going on in the culture, today's news headlines, and I don't want to get deviated, but I just want to address this really quick. I, I, social media, I'm pretty bad at, but I, I saw it come up a couple of times that it's become a hot topic, right? Transgender, target, right? I can say all these different things, and you might have different opinions here. I have no desire to talk political talk to you. But what I do is I want to make sure that you know who I am as a pastor and where we are as a church, how I will lead us, Firmly in truth and firmly in grace. Does truth need to be spoken? Yes. Is our world being led by the prince of the power of the air? Yes. Are they corrupt? Do they not know the truth? Yes, they need to hear the truth. But I don't know. I read some things by other Christians on social media that I agreed that they were on the truth, but I would never have posted that. Actually, I'll take that back my flesh would have posted it and liked it and retweeted it in a heartbeat. But the Holy Spirit, this way of wisdom is inside of me that I'm saying, I'm not gonna get so bent on these idiots. They're throwing, men. they're throwing away our whole culture and our whole society. It's all going the wrong way. And we just need to be angry and yell and tell them the truth. I don't know, there's something that's sitting in me that's not right. At the same time, I know there's churches that are meeting here today on Sunday that are different denominations, that they have homosexuals as pastors. That's wrong. That's not the truth of God's word. They are in error. And I don't say that so that we get riled up and say, yeah, they're idiots. No, I want my heart to hurt for them. They don't know the truth or they know the truth and they're rejecting it, so my heart hurts. How do I speak the truth that needs to be spoken, but it's so drenched in love that they have ears to hear it? Just, just want to be honest and practical. I, some of you, I don't even know. No one's actually, this isn't because anyone's come to me. It has nothing to do with that. It's just in my own heart. You may have seen that, you know, we partner even with TPUSA Faith. There's things that I agree with them, and there's things I would never say or do that they do. I don't want to become so connected to cancel culture that this church down the road thinks different than me, so I cancel that church. Let's talk bad about that church over there. And this Christian ministry, oh man, they got it wrong and they're kind of leaning too far this way, so let's blast them. Just know that's not my heart. My heart is to be firmly planted in both and I see someone that's slightly slanted, I wanna say, Holy Spirit, what's my role? Pray from a distance, say nothing at all. Oh man, I'm not even getting into the scripture, but... <sighs> I'm just gonna jump the gun because I had it connected to another verse. But the enemy's tactics, they don't ever change. He disguises, he does things differently. But I'm telling you, I just, I, I see it. The way the enemy wants the church to operate moving forward in this season that we're in, he wants us to fall off on either side. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if we're right on the transgender issue. As long as we don't do it in a loving way, as long as we are so full of hate and so angry, he doesn't care. 
And he doesn't care if we become so compliant and so passive that we never say anything. His tactics don't change. He loves, he loves to get us as humans to not be satisfied with what we have and want things in excess. I don't know about you, but that's a temptation. <laughs> My mom, I think, had a quote, and she kind of likes this quote. To me, it's kind of connected to the, how the enemy works. Too much of a good thing is wonderful. <laughs> That's more how my mom thinks, right? If something's good, let's get a lot of it, right? Um, and and there's, there's personality traits, and I get that. But at some point, that is connected to gluttony. That's connected to something where the enemy wants us to fall off too far on one side. But at the same time, my struggle isn't that. My struggle tends to be apathy. I'll just stay in the mushy middle. I won't address it because I'd rather just get along. So I can fall off the horse on the other side. Can I say it this way? Because sometimes I view myself, just being honest with you, I view myself as balanced. Them over there, they're not balanced. And then I remember Holy Spirit challenge, this is years ago. The Holy Spirit challenged me with this analogy. You know the grandfather clocks, the pendulum that keeps the time, right, ticks? A pendulum is meant to swing. What happens if a pendulum just stays straight in the middle? It's pointless. It's not a pendulum. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It's unhealthy. But what happens if a pendulum stays always pegged in one area, on one side? Not healthy. It's meant to swing. Most of its time is actually in the middle, to be moderate. But there are times that we are to swing. And I, I'm not saying that we should be so emotional, we should just throw ourselves over here and be led by, tossed to and fro by every wind and care. That's not what I'm saying. But for me, the enemy wants to get me in a mushy middle and be apathy, right? Can I just, even an example of the very first sin, Garden of Eden, right? Tempted Eve to want more. She had everything. She had paradise in front of her. One thing she couldn't have. Oh, but you could have it. You can have more. Eve, you can have more in excess. And at the same time, the way I read that story, I read Adam as being apathetic. What was his job? He was the head. He was supposed to crush the enemy. Anywhere the enemy came in, he was supposed to be the protector of his wife. What was he doing? We blame Eve. To me, it's a greater fault on Adam. The moment that serpent came in, before he opened, the serpent opened his mouth, Adam just said, what are you doing here? Get the heck out of here, right? But because Adam was tempted to just be like, well, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> right? Foolishness. And for me as a guy, that tends to be where I'm tempted. Well, I don't want to cause a scene. Right, like I, I, I don't want to cause a problem. I, I'm, I'm by nature a peacemaker, and I just, I want people to, to, to like me. Right, apathy. So there's some of you you need to hear God's word, and you need to cool it. You are so the pendulum is so far swung this way that you're like truth, and man, I hate this. I hate. I'm going to cancel Target. I'm going to cancel this. I'm going to cancel that. And I'm going to, and you're just on this rant. And you might be right in some ways, but are you willing to even swing that pendulum over? And to be known as so loving and graceful and compassionate and kind to your enemy. Wow, you need to swing your pendulum the other way. 
Or maybe you're like me, that I'm just in the mushy middle. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Can't see, hear any evil, see any evil. I don't want to talk about it, right? And at some point, a boldness needs to rise up and say, this is not okay. Enemy, you may not do this, right? So I hope I'm offending everybody at the same time. That if you're very political, I'm offended you. And if you don't have, you don't want to be involved in politics at all, I'm stimulating you. Do something. But scripture, I love it. The way of wisdom is the, is the way that you figure this out. Hold on to loyal love and be faithful. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written on your heart. That's how you'll find favor and understanding with God and man. Man, can I say this? I told you I'm guilty of being a man pleaser. I'm guilty of wanting everyone else to like me. And because of that, the fear of God, I had a fear of man that outweighed my fear of God. I'm guilty of doing that. However, I'm just as guilty at sometimes saying, I fear God, so I fear no man, which sounds good. But Jesus didn't say everything can be summed up with one command. He said two. So at some point, some of us say, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to do what God says. It sounds holy and it sounds right, but at some point, I need to care about other people. I need to care about someone else. I'm more guilty of caring too much about other people, so I need to have a greater fear of God. Some of you have this great fear of God and you need to have a fear of other people, loving other people. Is that making sense? Not fearing people in the wrong sense, but in honor. When we say fearing God, it means to honor. It means to respect. I need to respect and honor people that are wrong. That are people I didn't vote for. And they're wrong. And they're not, I mean, they're like 99.9999999% wrong. But there needs to be some type of love and honor and value in my heart for that person that in my flesh, man, I could just rail on them. Is that making sense? I'm going to skip verse 5 and 6 because those I could stay on forever. Verse 7, don't think for a moment you know it all. Man, that's sobering. Can I just say it like it? Every single person, every single person in this room, I said it before, you have wrong theology. Every single person in this room. There are things you think about God that are not true. There's things you think about yourself that aren't true. There's things that you think about other people that aren't true. You do not know it all. You do not have all the political answers, and if you were the president, everything would go right. If you were the pastor, the church would be way better. Right? You, none of us know it all. And there's something about the humility when you recognize that and you come to God and say, I don't know it all. Forgive me for acting that way and talking that way and treating other people like I know more than they do. When the reality is I do know more than they do, right? <laughs> Wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion. Oh, man. I could spend hours on that one. But verse 8 is for someone in this room. Then you will find the healing and refreshment your body and spirit long for. I don't know. I just, really quick, I don't have time to keep going on all these rants, but 
I'll just say in the last couple months, I felt the Holy Spirit because I am, I tend to be more compassionate and more, man, I just want to create, keep the peace. But I felt more often in my times of ministering to people where the Holy Spirit is saying, Ryan, stop being so compassionate. Don't get rid of compassion. But speak the truth. They need to hear the truth that sobers them up. And my heart is not because I'm mean, but because I want them to have refreshment. I want them to receive the healing their soul needs. And if I just weep with those who weep, but I don't ever speak truth and life into them, I'm not helping them. I, I hope, I mean, God's word says this, weep with those who weep. That is godly, that is biblical, that is the right thing to do. But is it the right time to do that? So that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowing all these things about God, but then knowing when to do it and where to do it and how to do it. And that's what I want. I wish I could, I wish I could just pray a prayer and wave a wand and we'll all receive the wisdom of God and we'll walk out of here. But it's actually a way of life. It's actually a principle. It's things that you learn step at a time. Why didn't I this morning recognize it right away? Because I'm still a work in process. I still have thoughts that come in here that don't belong and I'm still learning how to take every thought and subject it to obedience of Christ. But there's some of you that you need refreshing and can I just say this, verse 10. It says this, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Is this, I'm just gonna say it again. Think, make it very personal. Is this how other people would describe what your life looks like right now? And I'll just pick on one of my kids because they're my kids, I can pick on them. This is, this is Noelle, this is how she lives her life. Every dimension of Noelle's life overflows with blessings and with happiness from this uncontainable source of inner joy. When dad says, put down the iPad and go do laundry. Man, this source of inner joy just comes from within Noel. Man, this is such a great description of her, right? Being mean, right? But I'm, I'm being prophetic, and I'm saying that for your life. Oh, can I, I have time? I'm just gonna do it. Because verse eight, we talked about it, but I'm gonna read New King James because that's just how I know it, right? It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. In the Hebrew, that health to your flesh, it actually means navel. Thanks, pastor, that's helpful. And strength to your bones, it's actually talking about the marrow, the inner part of your bone where it creates blood, right? Your heart doesn't create blood, your bones create blood. When you were a child, where did you receive every nourishing thing that your body needed? Through your navel, through your belly button. There's something about that inner man that needs to be strengthened. There's something about the bones. It's, it's not that everything in life will just work out and be easy. That's not what God's word is saying. The way of wisdom is saying it doesn't matter the circumstances. There's this inner joy. This, there's the dimension of your life that it doesn't matter what season you're in. It's a good season. In fact, oh man, there's... That word navel, I know it's a weird one, right? It's this idea of inner. And, and I read this other verse I got to read to you really quick. I know I'm trying to wrap this up. It's where time's up. But one more verse, I don't, oh, I do have it. Proverbs 4, 23. 
So above all, guard the affections of your heart, this inner part of who you are, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellsprings of life. Most translations say the issues of life. That word issues or wellspring of life, it actually means season. And most often when it's translated season, it actually means springtime. From this inner part of who you are, you can live in a perpetual springtime. Can I end on this last prophetic word over you? When you learn to walk in wisdom, when you learn to put your feet in grace and truth and you're firmly planted there, when you learn to actually swing like a pendulum and not be in a mushy middle, but actually be led by the Spirit to show lavish grace, to go crazy on grace, and then to be bold and not show any mercy or anything, just be fighting the good fight of faith. There's times where it's not to have any mercy or compassion, but just be bold in your fighting against the enemy, right? But do you know how to do both? And this idea that it comes where it doesn't matter what season of life you're in. It doesn't matter the circumstances. In the innermost part of your being, there is this joy that gives you strength. There is this ability to draw inner joy from him in his presence, his fullness of joy. And it's creating joy in my inner man, in my bones, in the marrow of who Ryan is. I have this joy and I keep quoting it all the time that I can be in a jail cell shackled with all these horrible things. I can have insults hurled at me. I can have everything going wrong in my life. And somehow in this inner man, there is joy. I am connected and I'm abiding with the father. And like his child, I have through his umbilical cord, he is putting something inside of me that it does not matter what's going on the outside. It doesn't matter if cancer is in my body. I've got the joy of the Lord in me. It doesn't matter if my wife hates my guts and is railing on me. I've got something inside of me that overwhelms what's going on on the outside. It doesn't matter if everything at work is going wrong and I just got fired and I don't have finances. There's something about, I know the way of wisdom. I know that if I connect myself to God, somehow he's gonna supply everything I need. That if I just bless the Lord at all times and his praise is continually coming out of my mouth, that he is the shield about me, that he's the glory, that he's the lifter of my head head there's something about being healthily balanced and standing in the stirrups that I'm advancing I'm not off I didn't fall off my horse as Jen said God didn't fall off his throne so let's not fall off our horse it's okay if you fell off come as you are say God I sinned I messed up teach me your ways Teach me your ways. I submit. I come under your authority. I come under your wisdom. I need help. I need to know what you're saying in this moment, in this situation. I wish I could just wave a wand and you all had the right answers. But really what it comes through is going through that difficulty, going through it and learning as Nick was saying. It produces perseverance. It's producing character. And eventually the hope, which is the love of God, which is shed abroad, it's in this inner man. I have the hope of God as an anchor for my soul. Oh man, I felt like I could say lots of things. I don't know what I said. But if you're like me and you just know, I'm just praying the Holy Spirit was able to feed some of y'all in different things. But you want wisdom. You want to know how to apply the words of truth. Would you stand with me if that's what you want? You just want wisdom.
in your situation, in your life, you want more wisdom. In a second, I'm gonna invite you, you don't have to do it quite yet, but I'm gonna invite you to put your hands in front of you. In just a second, I'll tell you. But I want you to take this posture because I feel like some of you, there's something in your life, as Nick kept saying, that you're, or Jen, someone said it. You're trying to do things in your own strength. You're trying to do things in your own power. And I felt like just by putting your hands like this, you're saying, God, I'm casting onto your, like, I, I'm giving it to you. I, I don't wanna try to figure this out on my own. I want you to deal with it. But then there's also a posture of, God, I need wisdom. I need to receive. Would you put something in my hands that I don't currently have? Would you give me your wisdom? So it's like giving things to God and receiving things from God. So if you could, just everyone just put your hands in front of you. I'm just gonna close in prayer. Jesus, you see all the hearts and you see all the hands right now. God, your word says that that if we lack wisdom, we can ask you. And you're a God who gives it liberally. So we apply this day of communion. God, we begin afresh and anew over and over again. We cast our cares on you because you're good. We lay down our failures, God, where we've been wrong, where we've had wrong attitudes, where we've said the wrong things. God, we confess those and we lay them at your feet, God. These situations where we don't know what to do, God, we bring them before you, God, and we say, we need you. And at the same time, God, we're asking that you would give us your wisdom. Where it's beyond our years, where it's beyond my experience, where it's beyond where it says wisdom comes with age. God, I'm asking you to give me wisdom beyond my age. Wisdom beyond my experiences. It would be something supernatural, a word of wisdom, a word of truth a word of life, God, that I can cling to. This is what my God says. This is what you say. And I'm gonna repeat it. I'm gonna repeatedly say it over and over again. This is what you say. So God, we receive your words of life today. God, we wanna walk in them. We wanna apply them. So Holy Spirit, be that paraclete that comes alongside and guides us into all truth, reminds us of things and empowers us to actually walk it out. So we commit, as we are holding our hands, last thing we pray, God, is we commit our hearts to you. From out of our heart flows the issues of life or flows the season we're in. God, we choose to be in a season of springtime. We choose to be in a season of joy, of rejoicing in you always. And again, I tell my soul to rejoice. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.